This is Spirituality Unpacked with Laura Bungars. For more information, please visit my website at spiritualityunpackedalloneword.com. Hey folks, it's Laura. Welcome to Spirituality Unpacked. How are you this fine day? I hope you are well. Let's talk a little bit about our perceptions of other people today. And this kind of fits in with the masterclass that I'm doing on Sunday in a week on the layers of experience. So this is sort of the, the second part of the of the journey because there's sort of the what is of our lives, the circumstances, the people in our, our lives, the, the experiences that we have. And then there's the people and things that play in that experience and in the what is um, that jiggle things around and shake things up for us. Um, and they get our attention. They, they, they are what we, what we focus on. And so it is these things now that we are going to talk about and, and specifically the other people in our lives. Um, you could certainly substitute people with some item or object and it would probably, or circumstance and it would, it would, it would do, it would have a similar effect. The, the same thing would apply. So when we look at other people and I see this a lot, right? We, we hear the phrase actions speak louder than words. What does that mean? So if we look at the actions and words of other people, we're making an assumption that a person's words may not be congruent with who they are, but that actions always are. That's quite an assumption. And I would venture to say that it's not true. Often actions and words of other people, of ourselves even, are incongruent with us, incongruent with each other, meaning the actions don't represent the words or the words don't represent the actions. And not only are they incongruent with each other, but they are also incongruent with the person doing or saying them. The only time actions and words will be congruent is if a person is healed. Because otherwise all actions and all words will come from a level of pain. And maybe not all, maybe most some, right? Um, I can come here and I can have a moment and, and, and I can spend 30 minutes talking and give you spiritual truth and be okay right there. But it, it's kind of like going to church on Sunday. I don't get out of the parking lot without being human for a second. I don't get out of the parking lot with, without doing one of the things that I said I wasn't going to do while I was in church. <laughs> it's sort of that. I don't have to go very far along the path or into my day 
before I will have a human experience. So a lot of the concepts, a lot of the things that I talk about aren't necessarily achievable 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They become more ideals of where we're going instead of just these are the things you're doing, right? We're trying, but as I say all the time, this isn't about perfection. We're not going to be perfect at it. We just have to keep working at it, keep plugging away at it. We're gonna do the best we can. So these spiritual truths that we talk about are mostly ideals. They're, they're big lofty goals. Are we going to achieve them in perfection while in human form? Nope. And I personally, I don't believe that that's the goal. I, I believe the goal of the human is, is to be human and to have those experiences, but then to understand them and learn from them. And, and that's what we're trying to do right now by looking at other people, by looking around and by questioning how we perceive the people around us, by questioning how we perceive what life shows us, we give ourselves the ability then to begin to understand where people are at. And the goal here, the ideal, the lofty, lofty ideal, is to remove the idea of judgment from our experience. It is to stop judging other people. Are we going to do that? Probably not. Can we lessen the blow a little bit? And I, I think that that's the bigger goal. I think, yes, we can. I think we can, we can give people more freedom than we give them. But our first job is to understand that actions and words are incongruent. And they are also one-dimensional. They are a reflection of how the person is thinking and feeling in a very specific moment in time. And that is all. That is it. That's the whole story. They are not a reflection of the entire human being. They are a reflection of what was going on in that very moment in time that the action was done or the words were said. The person can be a completely different human being five minutes later, completely change their actions and their words. And in that moment, they will once again be completely congruent with that human being in that very moment as it happened or was said. So what does that mean? When we look at other people, what we want to look for is pain. There's a layer of pain that floats across the top of our perception of experience. And it's a filter and it clouds our perception of that experience, our perception of others, our perception of our circumstances, our perceptions of what others are saying and doing or not doing. There is a layer of pain. And that pain not only clouds our perception, but it also clouds our judgment of how we see the people around us, good or bad. So what we have to do then is recognize there's pain there particularly when people do hurtful things or say hurtful things that we don't like, we have to recognize there's pain. And we have to recognize that that pain is not ours. And it is not our job to take it on. We're not collecting trash. 
We do not collect rocks. We, we do not collect this stuff. We don't hang on to it. We don't keep it. It is not ours. It is theirs. It goes back in their backpack and you can put it there for them. You do not have to take it with you. So that is first and foremost. Second, we leave people where they are. When they are in pain, when they are at the corner of dazed and confused, as I like to say, when they are in pain, we leave them in pain. We can't fix each other. I can't fix you. You can listen to my podcast, but I can't fix you. Your job is to fix yourself. I can't do it for you. Even through energy healing, there's no magic. I can't heal you. I can help you. I can give you a feeling. I can, I can pull some things away from you a little bit, but it's kind of like taking toys from babies. If they find them, they'll take them back. You're going to reach for it. You're going to grab at it. You're going to want it back. And so the trick is, is you have to be able to hold that. When I remove it from you, if you go to grab it back, I can keep it from you while we're talking. But the minute we're done, you're going to grab it back again if you're not really conscious of it. So I can't heal you completely. It's up to you to do it. I can give you a certain feeling. I can give you an experience. I can show you what's where. I can show you what it feels like if I take it away from you for a minute. But when you're still attached to the story, when you're still attached to the idea, when, when you're still holding on to it, I, I can't take it away from you permanently. I can't do the work. It's up to you to do it for yourself. And the same is true for other people, for the people around us in our lives. We can't fix them. We can't, we can't take the pain away. There's no magic wand. Taking it on as ours doesn't take it away from them. It just puts us both in pain. That doesn't solve anything. <laughs> so that doesn't work either. So we have to, we have to, allow people to be in pain and recognize that their words and their actions are part of that pain. More often than not, especially when they're doing things that are hurtful or mean. And even sometimes when people do nice things, because sometimes those nice things come from a place of people pleasing. They, they come from a place of avoidance of our own stuff. They come from a place of, that isn't, they come from a place that isn't necessarily, I'm just being nice and doing my good deed for the day. It comes from a place of pain. But the thing when people do stuff that we like is we don't pay attention. We're quick to judge when people do things we don't like that are a display of pain. But we're not so quick to look at somebody and say, are you doing that because you want to? Or are you doing that because you think you have to? Because we like their action or their words. And so we don't ever stop to kind of look at somebody and go, hmm, I wonder. 
if this is genuine. Have you ever thought about that when somebody does something nice for you? Are they doing it genuinely? Or is there some weird people-pleasing, codependent thing going on? Have you ever thought about it? No. Why would you? People are doing nice things for you. Why would you think about that? Remember that there's pain in most people's actions and most people's words. When we look at a whole human being, they aren't just their actions and their words. They are their feelings. They are their thoughts. They are their feelings, whether they express them or not. They are their thoughts and opinions, whether they express them or not. They are their experiences, whether you know about what's happened or not. They are their relationships to a degree as well, depending on how much they pick up from those relationships and how much they allow those relationships to influence them. They are a product of everything in their culture, everything that they've experienced. They are a product of any religion they may have picked up along the way, any beliefs they have. They are a product of all of it. And words and actions do not even remotely begin to uncover the depth of all of those things. A simple argument where somebody screams, I hate you, is not a reflection of anything other than pain in that very moment. Chances are good they don't actually hate you. Chances are good they hate whatever it is you're saying or doing in the moment because it's triggering something in them. And they don't like that. Usually when we try to stop an argument, it's because it's triggered us. When we try to stop a discussion, it's because it's triggered us. When we lash out, it's because it's triggered us. But we don't say what triggered Sometimes we don't even know right away what triggered. Sometimes it's not till after, if, if you even pay attention at all, right? Are, are, are you doing the self-awareness thing? Are you, on that, are you on that path? Do you do that, right? Are you aware of yourself? Do you pay attention? Do you know what triggered you, right? Maybe not in the moment, but do you actually go back later and sit with yourself and say, gee, I wonder what triggered? I wonder what happened? Do you do that? It helps. It helps if you can do that. Because then what you begin to see is that actions and words are often a result of just straight up triggers. <laughs> Things in our experience that we don't like that cause us to go, hey, wait, stop the ride, I want to get off. We react and respond from pain and pain from previous experience. And more often than not, humans don't even respond, they just react, right? And I, I mean, I've had, we've had this, I've had this discussion on social media with other people, this difference between responding and reacting. And sometimes I see people that say, I don't have control over what I do. So the reaction is so instantaneous. The reaction, the trigger is so quick that the person feels as though they don't even have the ability to choose. 
And they say, I'm not choosing it, it's just happening. And that's how disengaged we are from ourselves. That's how triggered we are, or we allow ourselves to be, to a point where we've actually shut it down. And we don't even want to take responsibility for our own reactions to things. That's how much we shut down. It's not even that we don't want to take responsibility. We say we can't. <laughs> we can't take responsibility for it because it just happens and I don't have the opportunity to get a breath. I don't have the opportunity to think for a second. The triggers are so ingrained. The, re the reactions are so automatic that I don't even have the opportunity to think. And that requires, if you're sitting here saying, yep, that's me, Laura. If that's you, when it happens, after it happens, it requires you to come back to it. And it requires you to have the awareness to say, why am I reacting like that? What's the trigger? First is logical. What's the trigger? Oh, okay. The thing. The thing that happened when I was, right? And we can all make the story up. And then, why does that bother me so much? Why does that hurt so much? Why does that cause so much pain? Not just because, and it's not the victim story. It's not because they did that to me. What did I pick up from it? What, what belief do I have? What am I carrying with me? Not just pain, not just pain. Identify the pain. What is the pain? The pain is a belief, an idea, a thought, a feeling about myself that is not true. That is the pain. Always when we have a belief, an idea, a thought, or a feeling that is untrue, it will cause pain. Truth does not hurt, folks, I'm sorry, but truth does not hurt. So the truth will not be painful. Because the truth of all of us is not our actions and our words for the most part. The truth of all of us is not an individual experience, an individual thought, an individual belief, or an idea. The truth of all of us is not our ego. The truth of all of us is not our experiences. The truth of all of us is not our pain. The truth of all of us is that we are whole and complete. And we are spirits in physical forms having very human experiences. Pain is a costume that humans wear because they take on pain as an identity. I am my pain. And that's what causes the reaction without the ability to control it because there's no time to think. It's so ingrained and so deep in there that we don't have time to think. So we're wearing our pain. Like, I mean, it's a multicolored, like, neon vest that you're wearing at that point. 
you've identified so deeply with your pain that you've now said, I don't even have control over it. And so the question you need to ask yourself then is where is that coming from? And why am I not allowing myself to gain control over it? What's stopping me from doing that? Right? So, this is our work. When we react, and we don't have the ability to have conscious thought. It is our job to come back to ourselves and go what gives. And not replay the pain story, not replay the what is story, right? Because there's the what is of the experience. This happened. This thing happened. And I can tell you what happened. I know the experience. That's the what is story. And it's not helpful. It doesn't matter. What you want to look at is what did I pick up from that what is story? What souvenirs did I take with me? And how are they helping or hurting me? What baggage am I carrying? We want to begin to tell stories that are less harmful to us. And more often not than not, the story of what is is harmful to us. Why? Because we tell it from the perspective of a victim. They did this to me. They said that to me. They told me I was this. They did. They said. They. It's the victim. We don't have control over what other people do. You're very right about that. So when somebody does or says something to me that's mean or cruel in some way, you're very right. I don't have control over what the other person does. My spirit thought it was a good idea for me to have that experience, so I got to be involved in it. Wasn't necessarily consciously a choice on my part, but here we are. Okay, now what? I don't have control over the other person, so now I have to look. And I have to say, what would cause somebody to say or do that? And I don't need to make up an outlandish story. The only thing I need to do is one word pain. Oh, they're projecting their pain onto me and asking me to pick it up. That's what happens when somebody does or says something to you that's mean or cruel in some way. They are pushing their pain onto you and asking you to take it on for them because they've decided they don't want to deal with it right now. That's all it is. When we get mad at each other, when we yell at each other, when we argue with each other, when we say mean things to each other, this is what we are doing to each other. We are saying, here's my pain, you deal with it. Is that helpful? Probably not. Are we going to do it sometimes? Yeah, because human. Yeah. Can you recognize it? Not only in, in other people, but in yourself. And then if you can recognize it, can you be compassionate with it? 
instead of lashing back out, instead of triggering? Can you respect that the other person is just simply throwing pain around? And can you allow that to be and not pick it up? This is part of leaving people where they are, by the way. Can we allow that to be and simply not pick it up, not take it on as our own, not keep it as a souvenir, not take on the words when they said, you're ugly, you're stupid, you're this, you're that, not take that on and go home and look in the mirror and go, I'm ugly, I'm stupid. Can, can we do that? Do we have that? Because that's what needs to happen. When people toss those, those snowballs, when people toss that pain at you, that's theirs. It's not yours. So the minute you pick it up, you're saying, okay, I'll wear your pain for you. So how can you not do that? How can you, how can you get aware of yourself enough to not go down that road? And these are the things that I talk about all the time. This is part of self-awareness. Being able to get past reaction and get to response. Reaction is the trigger. Somebody screams, I hate you, and you scream back some obscenity. That's reaction. There's the trigger. What would response look like? Response isn't screaming back more vulgarity. Response is compassion. Response is kindness. Response could be as simple as, I'm sorry you feel that way. Response doesn't have to be a whole lot of anything. It could be silence. Choosing our own behavior in any given moment is self-awareness. We may not do a good job of it. We may not do a good job of it. You ever have a conversation with somebody and go after the fact and go, oh, I should have said this and I should have said that, <laughs> right? Yeah, okay, so you're human and you're, we're not gonna do a good job of it. Okay, all right, that's fine. The point of awareness is not to perfect your experience and not to perfect your responses to other people. The point of awareness is to simply understand who you are and where things are coming from and why they're showing up and what the purpose of this, those experiences is. Right? What is the experience? I just had the experience on social media actually the other day. I have a thing where I defend myself. Oops. And I don't need to, right? I defend my opinion. Why? And I wrote a blog about it. I defend my opinion. And why do I do that? What's the trigger? Because people don't value or haven't valued my opinion traditionally. And because I worry about what other people are thinking. That's why I do it. Does it get by me sometimes? Yes. Do I do it sometimes and, and, and oops, yep, happens, happened, happened the other day, actually. That's human. So what's my job? Awareness. 
think before I speak kind of awareness. Not just react. Right? Because I say stuff and, 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 and I talk. I talk like this. And chances are people don't necessarily like what I say. Because I'm offering a different way of handling things. And when you're not ready for it, it can feel like I'm just telling you to make up a new story and sort of dissociate from, from what's going on and ignore it all. Not really. What I'm asking you to do is be aware of yourself within, within the experience. And leave the things that you don't have control over alone. So we leave the what is alone because we can't change that. Whether it's past, present, or future, what is is going to be what is. We don't change that. And we stop telling the story of it because it's not helpful to us. Because when we tell a what is story, it's typically from a place of victimization. Now, if you can get to a place where you're telling the what is story, and it sounds like this is what I learned, this is how it helped me, and I'm grateful for it, if you can do that, and I've, I've learned how to do that with the majority of my experience in my life now, when you can start to tell it that way, then it's helpful to you. Because then when you go deep diving into those experiences, then you can find out what you learned and you can find out who, more of who you are and you can understand what that experience taught you. And then you start to understand why you reacted the way you reacted at that time and what that person was triggering in you and what that created for yourself. Now it's helpful. But I'm not making up a new story. What happens was still what happened. The what is is still the what is. All I did was change how I see it. Not that they didn't say this and they didn't say that, but that they said that and then I realized this thing about myself and I didn't like it and it made me mad and I went and I did this other thing and maybe that wasn't a good choice. But all of those experiences combined got me to where I am. So you know what? It was actually pretty cool how that all worked out. See, I'm not worried about what the other person did or didn't do or said or didn't say. It doesn't matter. I'm only worried about me and my response and my reaction and where that led me and what I learned along the way. And everything else is irrelevant. And yes, there are people, places, and things all throughout my experience. And they all taught me something. Everything was valuable. Everything is valuable. Including the people that remind me that I don't have to defend my opinion or my idea. Because that's a takeaway for me. And then I can go sit and because I gain my self-awareness through my experience, I take that. I don't take it on and wear it as a victim badge, though. Nope. I take that on and I say... Hmm, where'd that come from? What's that about? What do I need to do with that? And then I become aware of it so that I don't have to do it anymore. My awareness of myself within my experience, my understanding that there is a layer of pain over top of everything. And my willingness to understand that that is there and see it or not and my ability to re respond versus react 
determines how I show up in my experience. When we perceive other people, we need to begin the process of recognizing that actions and words are incongruent. Pain is ever present in everybody. And everything that a person does, says, feels, thinks, and believes stems from a level of pain that is unhealed. All right, I'm going to leave it there. I'll put the link to the masterclass in the uh, description box that goes with this podcast. Thank you so much for watching, everybody, or listening. Watching? You're not watching anything. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I hope you have a great day. This has been Laura Bungars with Spirituality Unpacked. Have a good one, everybody. Bye for now. This has been Spirituality Unpacked with Laura Bungars. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Thanks so much for listening.